Hello and welcome to the Winning Edge podcast. Today we're joined by Dan Bowman, a young trainer on the rise who saddles up Be Good to Your Mother as favourite for Saturday's Group 1 Sir Rupert Clark Stakes at Corfield on Saturday. Thanks for joining us, Dan. Thanks for having me, Brad. You've got your boy in on the minimum weight. You've got a beautiful barrier. How good's that? Yeah, well, it's good when a long-range plan sort of comes off to get in and get in on the minimum. Uh, was looking touch and go there for a few days over the weekend, but uh, we're in the field. We've drawn a good gate and um, get every chance. It wouldn't have been easier to get in the race for starters, but how, how do you plot a path and then manage that that progression through to get in the race and then get in with 52 kilos? Uh, well, sort of earmarked it after he won impressively at Sandown that this might be the race for him. Um, so we sort of started to map out a plan there and, and that sort of kicked off with going to the, the 78 at Flemington and then the 84 at Caulfield and um, once we got those two boxes ticked, um, we thought, well, we either need to win the Regal Roll the first up or win the Open 1400 second up at Age of Chivalry 1. Um, and once we uh, won the Regal Roller, I thought, well, now we'll uh, have a crack at the Memsey and roll the dice there and see where we're really, where we're really at. And uh, I think we learned a lot more by running him in the Memsey than having had a run him in the Open 1400 on the same day, I think. You must be pinching yourself. I mean, a couple of months ago you were at Cranbourne winning a, a 64 and a couple of months later you're in a Group 1 and a, a favourite. Did you always have faith the plan would, would come to fruition? Um, yeah, <laughs> you had us sort of said at Warnable or Cranbourne, oh, you know, five months' time you'll be favourite in the Rupert Clark and You'll be beat two and a half lengths by Hartnell and Elise in a wait for age group one. Would have asked to see a psychiatrist. <laughs> but um, he just kept improving. Every time we took him to the races, he, we raised the bar and he did it easy. And, um, yeah, it was probably after that dominant sand down win that uh, I thought that he might be up to the real deal. You know, Has, has it been a key to his progression or have you, have you changed anything with him or is this natural talent? No, just time. He just was really slow to mature mentally. Um, and he just took a lot of time to grow up. You know, we were pretty hard on him. His first race in prep, he had five starts and he was probably in work 30 weeks. Um, and that just showed his toughness. And he showed glimpses of ability that may see him get to midweek, but he still just did so much rather than just had to put it all together. So, um, the right thing to do with him was to just go through his grades like we did. Uh, would have been, you know, easy to, after sand down to jump straight into an open 1400. And he may well have won, but, uh, you know, I think he learned a lot out of Flemington being cooped up and not getting out till late. Um, and then at Caulfield, when he really rolled along hard and, uh, and put him to the sword, he just needed those sort of races to learn his craft a bit more. Would you say he's still learning? He did seem a bit fired up in the Nemsey still. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that was my concern, obviously, going to that level of weight for age, that he just still lacks the ring craft. And um, I just sort of thought before the race he might be six or 12 months away from that level. And, yeah, just when he hit that headwind after getting a rub to get to the lead from the wide gate, he just fired up. And 
and that's probably the sort of thing that you can't do at that level. It gets brings you undone. Um, so yeah, look, it's ideal on Saturday to have drawn a good gate and just come out, show our intent to lead, and um, and sort of leave it up to the jockeys drawn out wide to to make their own decisions. And it's a pretty um, short run to the first first corner there. You'll you'll be looking to lead. Yeah, look, he's he's a free rolling horse, and that's what he likes to do. You know, I'm a big advocate of the um, the nature strip rule. You just let fast horses be fast. You yeah. know, you try and restrain them, and you, you just make things more difficult than they need to be. Yep. Um, so yeah, look, from that barrier, we'll be jumping and showing how intent to lead, and if someone wants to try and take that lead off us, well, they're probably going to bring themselves undone in the end at the end of the race anyway. Which horses do you think we thinking about taking you on? Would it be you know Cliff's Edge with the blinkers on, or Age of Chivalry, or? I think it's probably only Cliff's Edge. I think uh, you know Age of Chivalry is drawn to get a good run in behind us. When he's led, he hasn't really led in a good tempo. He's just sort of landed in front and controlled the race. Um, so I don't think he'd be the type to try and fire up and make lead. Um, you know. Streets of Avalon is probably going to get the 1-1 one, one off our back, so it, it's sort of drawn to get a good run there. That's probably just Cliff Sedge with the blinkers first time. He may get fired up. Um, I would have thought Ditchbatch with the weight disadvantage compared to last start against us is probably going to look to take a sit as well. So it's probably Cliff Sedge is the real one. You're probably just not sure what they're going to do with him. Yep, yep. And is there a bit of rain around Melbourne? Do you, do you want the rain with him? Uh, I hope the rain comes because uh, Jason Kerr is in a real difficult position. You know, yesterday was about 25 and quite windy. T- today is the same. Um, the rain's forecast. They can't really water because it's quite windy. And, you know, if they water and then they get more rain than expected, the track will really get bad. So they're in a really difficult position. Um, so I'm sort of hoping that the rain that's forecast does come and it just uh, takes the edge off the track. Yep. Uh, he, he likes it wet, so if they get a lot of rain, it's, it's not going to concern him. But, yeah, I suppose the main concern would be for the whole day would be if the rain doesn't come and the track's a good too, you know. Yep, really firm. You've got Declan Bates on board. He's a jockey which most don't know overly well. Tell us a bit about him and how do you strike up an association with him? So him and his wife came to Warrnambool maybe four or five years ago now just for a working holiday to start with and um, and they just haven't gone back. They loved it. Um, He started riding work for us after he'd been here sort of six or 12 months and and, uh, has ever since. So we sponsored him to stay in the country and get his visa and get his permanent residence. So um, him and his wife will be permanent residents soon and... um, They've got a baby girl that was born not long ago, and he's done the hard yards. You know, he's he's worked hard around the country, going to the country tracks, and um, he's just starting to get more and more opportunities on Saturdays, which is good to see. That's great to hear. Is um riding fifty two a stretch for him, or? Uh, he normally can does fifty four quite easily. Um, he's done fifty two back home, um, so look, I haven't annoyed him at all this week. He, he seems like he's doing it comfortably and. Not agitated or anything, which is usually a good sign. So, um, yeah, no, I've got full confidence that it, it won't be an issue. And for a young trainer like yourself, how how important is 
being competitive in these Group 1 races and, and winning them? Oh, look, it's a big deal. A lot of trainers don't get to have a Group 1 runner, let alone a live chance in a Group 1 in their whole career. So for me and my team to be able to have this opportunity, you know, five years into training is a big deal. Uh, and if it can if it can come off and he can win, then uh, obviously it's going to open doors for our business into the future. So you said you've been training five years. What were you doing before that, and have you worked with some other, other trainers before then? Yeah, so I ran Darren Weir's waterball operation for three years, which was obviously about five or six years ago now. Um, I sort of left probably uh, four months before Prince Benzance won the Melbourne Cup. So it was sort of in that stage where he was just starting to get to our big years and uh, you get the likes of Trustin Augustus and Stratum Star, like us, last sign off, those sort of horses. Uh, and then before that, I'd done a bit of time with at Lindsay Park and Kiramar and just sort of got around and worked for some bigger stables and bigger names and, and uh, learned as much as I could. You, you would have learned a lot of great advice off those guys. What's the what's the one piece of advice that really sticks in your head when when you train? Oh, the age old saying is uh, keep your horses in the worst company and yourself in the best. So you know, place your horses to best advantage. And uh, we sort of pride ourselves. And our strike rate probably says that, that we pride ourselves on placing our horses to advantage as, as much as we can. Be good to your mother's a good example of that, you know, getting into the race on, on the minimum and hatching that plan to, to get there like that. Yeah, exactly. You know, placed him to advantage and taught him to race and taught him to win. And, you know, he's had 12 starts and won seven races. The owners have had a ball. Um, on a black type race, he's ran in the group one already. Like, you know, the, these owners in this horse have packed in 12 starts, what some owners don't get in a lifetime with some horses, you know. Yeah. You've got a lot of family involved in the horse? Yeah, yeah. My mother and stepfather are in, my grandmother, uh, mother-in-law, uh, my godmother and her husband. Like, there's a lot of local people, a lot of family, and uh, yeah, good, really good group owners. So it'll be a good celebration Saturday night if you come up trumps? Oh, definitely. There's a... Uh, a lot of people in him, so uh, yeah, if he, if he happened to salute, there'll be a big celebration. The naming of the horse, how, how did that come about? Uh, so Sal's saying someone asked you for a tip, uh, be good to your mother, so my brother used to always ask <laughs> for a tip, and I'd say I'd be good to your mother as a joke, and when we'd had a few names get knocked back to the horse, um, he said, why don't you try that, so we put in some different variations, and um, we got it. Perfect, perfect. And, and like you said, it's a real family affair. Your, your wife, Danita, is the assistant trainer and she straps him as well. So um, even, even even better to get a group one as a family. Oh, definitely. You know, we've got good staff and a lot of them have been there since we started. So to get a group one with all of them involved, uh, it'd be great. And a lot of the listeners would have seen some footage on racing.com of, of your son cheering on Bivouac. <laughs> he, he obviously takes after his old man. He's, he's an astute judge. What will Be Good to Your Mother have to do to, to be number one in your son's eyes? If he wins on Saturday, do you think he'll overtake Bivouac? Uh, I hope so. <laughs> I 
he's pretty passionate about it. He's a bit dirty when he got, got rolled a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah, look, I hope if he wins on Saturday, then uh, he can wrestle the number one medal back. <laughs> Does he like people whack for the Golden Rose? Is he, is he in his camp for that race? I think he's got blind loyalty, so he'll follow Bivouac wherever he goes. All right, I'll cut the tip. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, you've had a, you know, a quick progression in your training career about five years to have a Group 1 runner. What's your plans for the future? Uh, so we probably look at opening another stable closer to Melbourne in the next sort of 12, 18 months, um, just to allow us to have more numbers and to be able to access those sort of Cranbourne, Packenham, those meetings, the other side of Melbourne, a bit easier. So that's probably the plan in the near future. We work about 30 to 34 at the moment, so we'll look to get that going and get the number up around that 50 or 60 mark, and that'll be more than comfortable for us. Yep. Have you got many babies coming through, that any to keep an eye on? or? Uh, we've got about 22 yearlings, well, they're two-year-olds now this year, which is the most we've ever had, which is great. Um, there's a couple there that may get the race before Christmas. Uh, so we just call it a lot of instant fertility. So they're probably two that probably look at so they'll get the race before Christmas to keep an eye on, but they're not named yet. Yep. Fantastic. All right, mate. Well, um, the stable was flying and you sound confident about tomorrow, so best of luck and hopefully you can get that group on. Yeah, thanks. So as confident as one can be in a group one, you know. You hear people say, oh, it's a week for one, but uh, I, don't know how many two, I don't know how many people can say they've won one, so I uh, don't, don't know too much that's weak about one. Yep, exactly right, exactly right. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me.